0: it's good to be here tonight. It's good to have you all here, much bigger, with our truth seekers uh, joining us, and we're glad to have you. Hope that you remain a part of us for the summer until school starts again. Uh, there is power in, 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 the, in the fellowship, in the number of fellowships, so we enjoy that. Tonight we're going to look at Psalm 102. So turn there in your Bible, Psalm 102, talk a little bit about prayer here in this psalm. Psalm one on two, I'll call the prayer of the destitute. The prayer of the destitute. For our young ones here, let's get a, get another word for destitute. What do you think destitute means? Some of our adults can help us out. Something that the, the young ones would understand. Hopeless. All right, another word. Poor. Poor in just in what ways? Somebody else help us out. Poor, very poor, in what ways? All right. What does poor in spirit mean? (laughs) Sad. All right. You know, I wrote down in my notes Have you had a bad day? Did you have a bad day? Because sometimes we meet, you know, we smile, but sometimes it just hasn't been a good day. Sometimes. things just don't go well you have one thing after another and this is kind of the the prayer of a person who's not having a good day <laughs> he's not having a good day let's let's start off as he starts Psalm 102. hear my prayer oh lord let me cry let my cry come to you you know it's good to start off with prayer um, we don't prayer. we don't pray in a superstitious way some people think well if i pray today i'll have a good day <laughs> Well, that may be true, but it may not be true. You should pray anyway. (laughs) Here's a prayer for those who are not having a good day. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Notice how the psalmist puts it the day of my distress. But I'm having a bad day, having a rough time. And your bad day could be for a number of reasons. If you've lived long, you've had a number of bad days for all different kinds of reasons um and, and you never you, you can't always know that it's coming you wake up and you may be feeling okay and then all of a sudden things just kind of go south that's the word we use like going down just decline that happens it happens to all of us but in this case the psalmist relies on the lord he goes he cries out to the lord hear my cry oh lord he says hear my cry let my cry come to you Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. Now verses 3 to 11 uh, talk about his bad day. Read some of it. For my days pass away like smoke. My bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. He said day was so bad, (laughs) I didn't have time to eat. I didn't have time, energy, and I had so many trouble, so many problems, so much trouble that I di- couldn't even afford to think about eating. Now, that's a pretty bad day when, when I don't eat. <laughs> when, I, when I'm not thinking about eating, that's a pretty bad day. Not, it's not that he didn't have anything to eat. He didn't think about it. He had so many things going on. All right, um, verse 5. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I'm like a desert isle, owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I'm like a lonely sparrow on a housetop. He uses two birds to talk about his condition. A desert isle, owl, hard for me to say that word. Um, but you get the idea that he's somewhere way out desert is usually a lonely place. It's usually a place that doesn't have much food, and the conditions aren't very well. It's either too hot or it's too cold. It's never just right. It's not what I call the, uh, the Goldilocks. It's, it's not Goldilocks-like in the desert. It's not just right. It's too hot or it's too cold. In the day, the sun is burning down really hot, um, no air conditioning. In the, in the, in the, in the, at night, it's very cold. It's chilly, no heat. So it's one extreme or another. That's the kind of day he had. Verse 7, he talked about a lonely sparrow on the housetop. Verse 8, all, my, all the day my enemies taunt me. What does taunt mean? Kids know this. They, they, they do it all the time. They, do they know what, it, what what that word means? Anybody want to take a chance at it? Riley, you have an idea what taunt means? Uh-huh. Taunt. Naomi, how about you? Taunt. Huh? bullying okay all right being rude to somebody okay teasing them teasing them making fun of them telling them they can't do something or or just telling them just you know you're no good (coughs) i hate you you're not smart that's a taunt um, and so he, he gets taunted um, so we see in the Bible we see a case of bullying <laughs> and we see a case of taunting uh, people not being treated right and so he goes through all of these things verse 9 for I eat ashes like bread I mingle tears with my drink it's his way of saying he's having a rough day <laughs> he's having a rough day he has a hard time now what does he do here's the point when he's going through this rough time, what does he do? God doesn't just snatch him out of the rough time, but he does something to help him through the rough time. And it starts in verse 12. And it starts with two words, but you. He's just mentioned all his troubles. And what he begins to do is to focus on God. But you, okay? As long as we're focusing on our troubles, we will be discouraged We will be depressed. We will be sad. We will be complaining. Uh, We'll be crying and we won't get out of it. What he does is he looks at his troubles. And then verse 12, all of a sudden he says what? But you. In other words, in spite of my troubles, I have a God. And he's going to describe who that God is and what he does. But you, O Lord, are enthroned Forever. What does that word mean? Enthroned. What does that mean? Okay. What word, what gives us a a, a clue there? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. He's on his throne forever. Meaning, like uh, Mr. Dick said, he rules. He's sitting on his throne forever. Nobody kicked him off his throne. When I was a kid, we used to, in the winter, we played this game called uh, King of the Mountain. So you get a big mound of snow, and whoever could get on top of the snow and stay there was king. And so somebody would come and try to push him off and throw snowballs at him or whatever. Um, But king of the mountain, he stayed up on the mountain. That's God. He stays. (coughs) Excuse me. This psalmist remembered that when he was going through his trouble, guess who's in charge? God is. That's encouraging to know I may I may be going through some trouble with my physical uh, uh, um, my, my body sickness health I may have financial troubles where I don't have money to pay bills or do, do something I'd like to do um, I may be in trouble with a person who doesn't like me or who treats me mean I might have all kinds of issues um, I might have trouble in my house where something isn't working right uh, toilet won't flush or the water isn't working right or the heat doesn't go on or the fan doesn't work or something i have all of these troubles um but what he does is he remembers who's in charge that's good for us as believers because because god is in charge what can we do malachi there you go you saw my hand and i kind of gave you a little hint there all right because god is in charge we can pray That's what we're here tonight to do. So you don't have to be in a good mood to want to (laughs) pray. You don't have to be having a good day to pray. Now, prayer is worship, but you don't have to feel good in order to pray. So I don't know exactly how you're feeling tonight, but whatever way you're feeling, it's good to pray. (laughs) It's good to be able to pray. And so the psalmist goes to prayer. We'll finish this up next week as we look in here but this is an encouragement for us to pray what, remember what he did he went he, he was going through a bad day and in verse 12 he changed he shifted his focus and he began to think about God now that's one of the reasons why we pray in the morning that's one of the reasons why we read the Bible in the morning not to give us good luck it helps change our focus And we start our day, you may want to start your day praying this, Lord, whatever is in store for me today, I trust you to get me through it. And so he began to focus on God. Good evening,
1: saints. Meditation, continuing in the book of Hebrews. We are getting close to the end. The book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. One of the reasons that this is such a good book is that we don't really know who wrote it. It's always been debated. Who wrote the book of Hebrews? so then people had a question well we don't know who wrote it why is it in the Bible but we do have this principle that God validates himself and his word validates itself and so what I mean by that is this we know that Hebrews should be part of the Bible If you have the Holy Spirit and you read it, you will accept that it is part of the Bible. In fact, when you read it, you can't help but feel the profound power of God in it, if you indeed have the Holy Spirit. The reason that it's accepted is not because we have great respect for the human writer, but because we recognize the divine writer behind whatever human might have wrote it. In fact, that is the big issue that I have with a lot of people who talk about God's Word and a lot of people out there who talk about God's Word who are not believers. They talk about Paul's writings, and Moses' writings, and Solomon's writings, and David's writings. As if these are all separate books. But as you come to understand the Scriptures, you start to understand... They're not separate writings. It's one word because it comes from God. And then we have to ask ourselves if it all comes from God, why did he use the human beings? But then we also got to ask ourselves why use human beings? And I believe that God did it to encourage us because he wants us to be used and to have the glory of being used. In fact, God is in the business of glorifying those who are his people. And what happens is, as he glorifies those, they, we start to look at those people and we start to say, it's not them that we should be worshiping, we should be worshiping God, right? But their human attributes are being used to reach out to us. We look at Moses, we get a different feeling. We look at Joshua, we get a little bit different feeling. Maybe it's a little bit close to Moses because he's been close to Moses so long. But each writer has a different feeling and it hits us a different way. I also believe this. Each part of the scripture is meant to help us understand more about God and ourselves and our faith. And to the degree that we skip out on certain books, our faith will be weak. That's why I always warn people about books that they stay away from. Because if you stay away from a book, that's probably the book you need the most. People scared about the book of Revelations. But then our church is weak at persevering. But the writer of Revelation said, hey, this is for the perseverance of the saints. So then maybe we shouldn't be scared to read Revelations. My sister said to me, In Bible study, she read through the whole book of Revelations in one sitting. She said, when you read it that way, you're not so mystified about what everything means. You start to see the big picture that it's a very encouraging book. In fact, it's a book written to saints that were suffering. It wasn't meant to confuse them. It was meant to reassure them that no matter what happens, no matter how scary events are, there is one God that sits on the throne and there is one Lamb who died for our sins and there is one Spirit that connects us all and they are orchestrating even the most horrifying events for the good of those who love God. But the book of Hebrews is good because it ties in all these books of the Old Testament and makes us say, hey, pay attention to that. Look what's in there. I also think it's trying to give us a clue that if you look deep enough in the Old Testament, you do see Jesus. So he starts to talk in some ways about God here in chapter 12. He says, For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. Where was that? Where did that happen? Where was God descending on a mountain and he set the mountain ablaze and they were scared? The kids sing a song about it. When did this occur? Okay, Moses met God but who met God did Moses just meet God all the people met God that's when they all received the Ten Commandments God spoke out of the mountain now the kids might remember the song kids y'all remember the song what's the, the song the Ten Commandments song what's the first commandment So let's just sing a few song verses of this. What does God command in the first, second, and third commandment? What? The second one is what? What's the third one? All right. Good, good. Now let's have some different ones. Maybe some adults know the 4th and 5th. What's the 4th and 5th? Honor the Sabbath. And then what's after that? Honor your father and mother. All right. 6th, 7th, and 8th. Kids, help us out with that. What's the 6th one? Do not steal. What's the 7th? Purely and faithfully, that's referring to do not commit what adultery, and then what's the eighth one? Hmm? Okay, that's right, you're right. The you commit six is the commit murder, and the seventh is adultery, and the eighth one is. Do not steal. I know that the ninth and the tenth ones because the boys all sing together. What do the boys all sing together? A.J., Andrew. In the Ten Commandments song, what part do y'all sing together? What's nine? That we do not lie or deceive. And what is the tenth one? That we are content, not not envying anyone. Not envying anyone. That's a good song, isn't it? Maybe that's a song that all of us should remember, right? If I remembered it better, I'd known. We all should be encouraged. Now, what happened when they gave the Ten Commandments? They could go right up to God and there was no consequences. What happened? what happened when they came to the mountain what happened to the mountain it was lightning there was an earthquake there was thunder it was on fire there was a big old what instrument played the pastor plays it a guitar a trumpet a trumpet played and a big trumpet played and what happened when the trumpet played who spoke to God and God answered him out of the fire and it says later on it says if even if a beast touched the mountain it shall be stoned nobody could get close they set up a gate in front of the mountain and Moses said I tremble with fear even Moses was afraid and Moses talked with God all the time why are people afraid of God what did you say He's very very strong right He knows all things He stands for the truth He could put you in hell He holds you under judgment Here's the scary thing about God is that He holds you under judgment and He knows everything That you're thinking while He asks you A question Right That's the scariest thing is it, see, when a police officer come up to you, you have the assumption that there's things he does not know. When you come to God and he says, tell me what you did yesterday. It's simply an opportunity to lie or not to lie because he knows. He already knows. That's the scary thing, right? He knows. We say that to ourselves. He knows. He knows. That's what's scary. It says but worse than that you have come to mount zion to the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem and to the innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven to god the judge of all to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to jesus the mediator of a new covenant to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of abel what is he talking about there if they were afraid when they approached the mountain, how should we therefore be when we approach God without the mountain? We should be deeply respectful and deeply afraid of God, right? Why is it good to be afraid of God? We respect him, right? Is it good to be afraid to run out in the street in front of a car? It's good. Yeah, that is good to be afraid of that. Because if you ain't afraid of that, what happens? You run out there and then what happens? You're on the news, right? Is it good to be afraid of strangers who want to give you candy? Is it good to be afraid of strangers that want to give you something to drink? All of us who've been to places where you drink know that's the case, right? Meet people who are doing all kinds of stuff. Why should we be afraid? Because they can bring us harm. Why should we have a healthy respect and fear of God? Because it's where our lives and our souls are in his hand amen alright so we'll leave it there for today that's going to be our meditation let's think this this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying in this passage the mountain has nothing on the real power of God what they saw was just a physical fragment of what God truly is just like when you look at the temple that ain't really how heaven is it looked glorious but it ain't nothing compared to the real place where god is in heaven and so it is when you come to that mountain you might be afraid of god but what happens when god is really there what will we say so let's hold ourselves as people who actually see you the real god who will have to answer to a person who can ask us what we did, and we know he already knows. Amen.
2: Good evening. Good to have uh, everyone back. Um, Missed you guys. Missed you. Um, uh, The prayer focus tonight is on upcoming events that we're that we're having. Um, I want to I ask to pray for Father's Day that's coming up a couple of Sundays from now and our outreach uh, efforts are witnessing and specifically boys camp and girls and uh, jump rope camp. Now this is supposed to be the year guys where we catch up with jump rope camp. I, I, you know jump rope camp always puts a big production on on that Sunday. This is supposed to be our year. Men, so uh, I want to ask uh, Bill if you would pray for Father's Day and the fathers, and thank God for our young fathers here. We have uh, a bottom-up learning here, and and, and it it's, it strikes me as when some churches you see top-down teaching, we have bottom-up teaching. The kid, the kids just did the Ten Commandments, and the old folks was back there talk, scratching their heads. So, Bill, if you would pray for our fathers, for Father's Day, the godly young fathers and uh, the stately old fathers as well. And then, uh, you know what I would like? I would like maybe Naomi to pray for girls camp, for jump rope camp. How about that? Okay, and who can we get? Who's back there? Josiah, you want to pray for boys camp? Huh? All right. So Bill, if you start us off, that this is our prayer focus tonight.
1: <clears throat>
2: Naomi, if you pray for girls camp for us. Jump rope camp. Josiah, if you would pray for boys camp. amen amen what a blessing and i'll just uh pray for our outreach efforts through boys camp girls camp uh jump rope camp and and, uh door to door lord you know our hearts as far as uh, getting out the word lord we we pray that we will impact lives as we go out with the gospel message lord the, the plain gospel message that you died on calvary's cross for our sins lord and you're the way the truth, and the light, and no other person, you can't come to, he- to to God but by you. So we pray as our outreach efforts pick up this summer through uh, individual outreach, through Boys and Girls Camp, and just through word of mouth, Lord, and the testimony that we live that we'll draw men and women and boys and girls to you. We pray your blessing on the remainder of our time tonight, for Christ's sake.